book of Micah chapter number 7 tonight. Uh, the Lord has been so kind to uh, place a text on my heart. And really I want to deal with a couple of verses. Uh, if I could try to uh, lay a little groundwork uh, in just leading up to them here in a moment. And, uh, but I want you to look at a couple of verses with me. All right, the book of Micah chapter 7. And let's look at verse number 7 and verse number 8. The Bible said, Therefore, therefore I will. Uh, strong words in your Bible. Strong words. I will. You have a strong will. And you have a will to do right, or you can have a will to do wrong. That, that's up to you. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Verse number 8, the Bible said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I, shall, when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for the privilege it is to be in your house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor and his family. And, uh, Lord, we, we do pray as, as they're laboring, uh, Lord, that among uh, Pastor and the church here, God, that you'll fill them up real good. And, Lord, that you'll meet their needs. Uh, God, save their children. And, uh, God, I pray that you would bless them financially and uh, with a good spirit here that they'll continue be able to continue to serve you. And, God, we've met together for such a time as this. And, God, tonight we're needy people. We, we don't come to you as though uh, you owe us anything. And, God, you don't owe me a thing. But, Lord, we are asking for the mercies of God in our services tonight and this week. God, I pray your good hand will be on us. And then, Lord, help us to deliver our burden tonight. And help us, Lord, as we heard today, God, not just to be hearers of the word. And God, I pray that we do something about it, not just tomorrow, but even tonight. Well, thank you for that. I touch Brother Simpson and every other man of God. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I'll not take a lot of time just looking at the background of the book of Micah, just a, uh, a rich book in the Old Testament. And uh, a prophet, it was said today, they're not minor prophets because of lack of importance. Uh, but sometimes their lessons or their messages were shorter. And so we label them as minor because uh, of the length, definitely not by message. And so when you find Micah coming onto the scene, you're going to find uh, a, a man whose uh, ministry is going to go through, and I think it's interesting to note, it's going to go through about uh, three or four different kings. We know that according to chapter 1, uh, it's going to reign during, he's going to minister during Jotham. Uh, Ahaz and then Hezekiah. And just in mentioning those men's name, we know that this is a man whose ministry comes at a time of instability. And uh, so there is an up and down among those who are in authority. As a matter of fact, some of the problems that Micah's going to deal with, uh, he points out, look in your Bible, look back over a few verses, chapter 6. And verse number 16, the Bible said, For the statues of Amri are kept, and all the works of the house of Ahab, and you walk in their counsels. And so I mentioned that, I read that verse, just to remind us again that when Micah is ministering, uh, when there was a change in administrations, it did not change whether or not they were spiritual. 
Somebody help me right there. I mean, just because there was godly leadership or ungodly leadership, uh, there still was a time of instability. I, I believe this. I know uh, we're in a dark day and a dark hour, and I'll mention this many times tonight, but I'm glad that our God is not an unstable God. I'm glad that we do not serve a God that is a good God during uh, good political reigns. And He does not change as men come and go because He is God and He changes not. Amen. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm glad of that good promise tonight. So Micah is going to talk about in this chapter, he is going to let us know something about the spiritual condition. Now notice what he says in verse, uh, verse number uh, 1 of chapter number seven. Now, we're going somewhere to stay with us. First of all, I notice he talks about the suffering that he himself is enduring. The Bible said in verse number one, woe is me, meaning uh, I uh, am having some problems myself. So you, you know this, you pastors, and we try to be a, uh, the spiritual thermostat of our church. And we try, but there are going to be times, whether you're in the ministry or not, whether you're a preacher or not, there's just going to be some hard days in the Christian life. And there are going to be some days you're not going to feel like jumping on cloud nine. Somebody help me right there. Now, there are some days I get up and the birds are singing and I feel like I'm about to fly. And then there are some days I want somebody to give me another pot of coffee or I ain't going nowhere. Say amen right there. And so here he, he's saying, woe is me. But why does he say that? The Bible said in verse number one, he said, uh, I, I am as when, I'm making a comparison, as they have gathered the summer fruits as the great gleanings of the vintage. He said, there's been a coming by and everybody has gotten what they wanted but me. And so Micah's dealing with something we deal with. Micah said, I feel like I've been forgotten about. Amen. Has anybody ever felt like God forgot about you? Amen. I mean, it looks like he's blessing everybody else. Uh, maybe, maybe where you're at at your church, you're in a great time of revival. Or maybe you're in a great time, God's doing some great things. Or maybe you're in a dry time or a season uh, where it doesn't seem like much is happening. Maybe your neighbor got the new car uh, that you were looking at. And if we're not careful, sometimes we'll look and we'll feel like God uh, is treating others better than ourselves. But can I I just say it again. I don't believe I'm the only person here tonight. If God never did anything else, God has still been good to us. I mean, if God never answers one more prayer, if He never comes through one more time in the midnight hour, I can still sing the song that God is good in the good times. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And regardless of where I am, God is a good God. Amen. And so He, he says, I feel like God. But I want to remind you, I know this ain't deep, but I want to remind you tonight for, for God to forgive you means everything about God would have to change. I'm glad God has never forgotten one of his children. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Thank God that I know I'm saved. Thank God that I know I'm in the family of God. Thank God that I know the word is true but if I ever lose my mind and forget those things, I'm glad God still knows me. I'm still his child and there'll never be a time that God doesn't know me. So we feel like God's forgotten about us. And then I notice in verse number 2, look at the solitude that he's dealing with in verse number 2. And I don't normally alliterate, but I knew I was preaching to Brother Simpson, so I had to make sure I was alliterating tonight. Say amen right there. Now in verse number 2, he talks about his solitude. In other words, in verse number 2, look at the wording. The good man, the good man is perished. 
out of the earth. And there is none upright among men. Now what is he saying? He's saying some of the same things. He is wondering where is the good man. Let me say it like this. It's almost as if he is looking around and he can remember those who at one time they were good men. But as he looks around, he, it seems like he cannot find anybody doing good or doing right anymore. How many times have you gotten discouraged to find out that somebody's not walking the way that they used to walk? Or we look around and wonder, but you know I'm finding out really, I, we, sometimes we feel like we're the only ones doing right. I mean, we really felt like we're the only ones that's, you know, we're, we're walking right and we've got to come. But the fact of it is, God's got a gospel witness in every corner of the globe. And uh, we might not know their names, but God does. We might not know their ministry, but God does. Uh, the White Grace Baptist Church, your, uh, your name may not be in bright lights in Washington, D.C., but God knows where your church is. Uh, God knows where your Sunday school class is. Uh, uh, God knows where you're ministering. And I want to remind you tonight, you're not the only one doing right. You're not the only one holding a standard. But you just keep on being faithful. As a matter of fact, as Paul writes about contending for the faith, he lets us know that just because somebody goes AWOL, it'll never be an excuse for you and I to quit on God. As a matter oh, help me right here, Lord. The reason I got in is still bigger than the reason that I ever want to get out. Come on now. And there are times we feel like God's forgotten about us, and we feel like there's depravity everywhere, and the old flesh wants to give in. But I want to remind you there's a hill called Calvary where Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe he saved by the good grace of God and my king my Jesus my Lord he deserves my best amen so he reminds of the solitude and he, there is an ounce of discouragement that is trying to settle in and then I, I find in verse 3 he, he hurriedly now he, he picks out a sinful society in verse number 3 the Bible said that they he said now they're not doing good they have replaced their good look at verse 3 he said that they may do evil watch it now with both hands earnestly Brother John, he said, every time I look up, he said, I feel like that they're not just doing iniquity, but there is a strong push to become more wicked as the day goes by. It was said today, does that not sound like Fox News? Is that not, I don't know about you, but I can't watch much news, man. I get discouraged, depressed, mad, and everything else. Somebody help me right there. And so, and if you get too much of that stuff, you'll, you'll be in bad shape. And, and so he reminds them that they are getting more wicked. Could I say this, church, and thank God that we're in Jubilee meeting tonight. But on tomorrow when the meeting ends, I want to remind you that as the world gets louder and the world gets more carnal, that the church should not be quiet and the church should be more bolder and the church should be more holy. Praise God, we're, we didn't come in tonight looking for a quitting place. We came in tonight needing help from a thrice holy God. Had to realize if God don't help us and if God don't power us, we'll fall. But thank God when you leave here tonight, there's a power greater than me. And there's a power greater than you to help us live right, walk right, and live for God in spite of our day. 
it's weak. I don't, listen, I, oh, help me right here, Lord. Hey, listen, I'm telling you what God did for you when He saved you is far bigger than anything that's in this world. Sometimes we say, well, wait a minute. The politicians are crooked. Guess what? They've always been crooked. But God's salvation is still good. Amen. We look and we say, man, they're, they're marching in the streets. I know they are. But that's not bigger than what God did for me when He resurrected my dead soul and birthed me in the family of God. It's still bigger. It's still greater. And so God help us not be defeated by a sinful world. Now watch it. So he says there's sinfulness. And he said in verse 4, they're, they're superficial. The best is a briar. He says they're, they're just as useless as a briar. The fruit is gone and there's nothing good. And then in verse 5 and 6, it, it really gets bad right here. Stay with me now. In verse number 5, watch what he says. He said, trust you not in a friend and put you not confidence in a God. He said that there were those who I would say that, Brother Chris, they are my friend, they were my guide. He said, but now I, I don't think I can trust them anymore, and, and I can't. But now, as bad as that is, he's learned a very valuable lesson that you and I cannot put confidence in flesh. Amen. Amen. Now, really, so it's not, not I, I learned this, and not, I don't just learn I can't put confidence in others. The greatest lesson is to learn that I can't put confidence in me. I know others can fail me, but a good day in my life when I realize I can fail him, and that would drive me to my knees realizing I will never be sufficient enough to get the job done. I'll never, oh, I'll never be sufficient to be able to pastor in 2023. I'll never be sufficient to what others say endure in 2023. But can I remind you, I'm not enduring. I'm not hanging on. We didn't come together to have the poo. Oh, no, friend. I don't have much confidence in me. But thank God when I look high and I realize I can put confidence in Him. He's the one that's never failed me. He's never failed your family. He's never let you go hungry. He's never forsaken you. Thank God you can't trust them. But oh, you can trust Him. Amen. So he wants to get our attention. You cannot trust. Watch it now. In verse number 5, what, I want you to see this. Look at the discord in the text. He said, you ready? He said, keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. He said, it's gotten so bad. He said, the discord has affected the house. Now you know this. If we're going to be united after church, we've got to be united after house. He said, boy, wouldn't it be good if we just had a good old-fashioned revival at the house? I mean, husband and wife just coming together, praise God, and make it up in our mind. Darling, we're just going to get right with God and serve Jesus and sell out and raise our babies around the good things of God. I just believe God will keep His promises and God will help us in the day. But now it gets bad. Now It's about to get bad now. Look at verse 6. For the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter riseth up against her mother. Now we all see this. And then he said, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Oh my. Now he is saying, this got so bad. He said, uh, he said there is daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws getting into it. 
I don't know about y'all, but I went, I'm not a coming on the turnip truck, but not the one that came in yesterday. I ain't getting in the middle between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. That, that, you realize what's happening there? That means there is some poor man trying to figure out if he should take his mama's side or his wife's side. Now, I ain't got time to go in that, but I, I, I've been there counseling with somebody before, and I was counseling a, 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 a mother-in-law who had an alt against her daughter-in-law. Lord knows my heart. I know this ain't in the Bible college manual, but I said, listen, I don't care if y'all kill each other at Christmas. Just keep it out of the church. And all God's people said amen right there. I mean, I, I mean, what in the world do you do? Somebody help me, you know. And, but I'm so he he he's looking around and has and he continues walking through the text. And if really, if, if we get where he is, we can do what he. Sometimes we look and we say that's bad, and so. But I'm glad that the story doesn't end there. Look in your Bible now. You read it. Here's what he does. I, I noticed some things that are wrong, but I want to look at what's right for just a few minutes. First of all, his attitude is right. Here's what he said. Micah said, therefore I. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't, I don't know what direction they're going in, but over here for Brother Micah, I done purpose in my mind, I want something from God. He, his attitude is right. Micah makes up in his mind. I don't know if anybody else is hungry for God or not. Uh, could I say this young person, you made have come in tonight and, and you're, on, you're waiting in the balances about selling out. I'm in purpose in your heart. If my friends don't sell out, if mom and daddy don't sell out, if the football team don't, I'm making up in my mind, I am going with God. Amen. And so here's what he did. He quit looking at everything that was wrong and he started looking at everything that was right. Could I say this? If you say tonight, wave at me. If you're born again, wave at me. Could I tell you this tonight? You've got more going for you than you do against you. Could I say the grave is still empty? The word is still inspired. The blood is still powerful. His whole, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is still real. And we might be in some dark days, but you can purpose in your mind. I'm not going with the flow. I'm not giving up on God. I'm believing God for great things. I know what my God can do. His attitude is right. It's amazing what happens when our attitude gets right. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm tell, I mean, sometimes we can get us a, I know y'all probably don't do that over here in North Georgia. Is this where we're at? North, I know don't nobody ever get the old-fashioned case of the mullet grubs. I mean, sometime I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, or a little mill village of Conesty. I guess that's why you let me come preach, because I'm from the metropolis of Conesty. Amen. And, and preacher, and sometimes you get to looking around and looking around, and you'll blame others. You'll talk about how bad things are, and you'll get looking at who ain't doing right, who's doing this and that. And sometimes you just got a purpose in your mind. I don't want a little bit of God. I want more of God. He must increase, but I must decrease. I want to see how big God could get in my life. If I would just believe God. He said, now wait a minute, Brother Ross, sometimes that's hard. I know it is. I got some of the best advice I ever got in my life on January the 1st or 2nd this year. We was in a meeting. And uh, there was a preacher got in the pulpit. And he was preaching along, boy, doing it. I mean, but he was laying it by. And here's what he said. He said, I got tired of going to church and letting everybody else dictate whether or not I had church. Come on now. And Brother Chris, here's what he said. He said, I purposed in my heart 
I'm, I'm, sometimes I look at who is there and not there and who's in and who's out. He said, I purpose in my mind if God will help me that when that first song is sung for the, uh, for the congregational, I purpose in my mind is every man for himself. If you don't want God, you won't get God. If you don't want revival, you won't have revival. If you don't want to worship, you won't worship. Uh, but if you make up in your mind, I want God, you'll get God. If you want revival, you can have revival. If you want to be full of the Holy Ghost, you can get full of the Holy Ghost. But first, you've got to have a will that wants God. His attitude is right. I know this is simple. Watch it now. Not only is his attitude right, he's looking in the right direction. Now, what has he been doing in verse 1 through verse number 6? He's been looking at everybody else. And all of a sudden, when his attitude gets right, he picks his head up and he don't see them no more. But he gets a good glimpse of him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. When he, when he looks up, he ain't, he ain't looking at the hypocrites and the discord. and He ain't looking about how wicked it is. Sometimes we know more about the wickedness than we do about holiness. Uh, we know more about the world than we do know about the Bible. Uh, but when I get my eyes on him, hallelujah, when I look at him, I see the one who's never let me down. Uh, I see the one who's met my every need. Uh, I, see, oh, hey, I see the one who loved me uh, like nobody else loves me. I see the one who satisfied my soul. Uh, I see the one who saved me from hell. I see the one who meets me in the midnight hour. I see the one who's held my hand and held my heart and held my head up. If I can just get my eyes on him, there's hope when I get my eyes on Jesus. <laughs> sometimes if we're not careful, sometimes we'll get to looking at who's walked away. But that breaks my heart. We get no pleasure of that. Something's wrong when you get pleasure seeing those walking away. But I want to imagine that sometimes it's not about who's walking. You need to turn around and realize how that Jesus has never forsaken you. Oh, he's never let you go to the hospital by yourself. He's never let you go to the pulpit by yourself. He's never let you walk a mile by yourself. Don't look at them. Just look at him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. You know, I'm not, I don't know if you're like me. That word look means to look with expectation. I'm looking for him. Say, I ain't seen him in a while. Have you been looking for him? Oh, my. Truth is, I usually go in the direction that I'm looking. Come here now. You can be driving along. I mean, you know how how we are. If we get to looking off, the car will get to veering in that direction. There's women poking their wives, poking their husband all over the building tonight. And we get to, if you're not careful now, oh, if you're not careful, you'll get looking at everybody else and what they're doing. But you just need to get your eyes back on him. I'm telling you, by the way, what a joy it is to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not here because we have to. We're not here because we got the short straw. We're here because how good the Lord's been. Where God brought us from, He is a Savior worth saving. It is a message worth telling. It's a song worth singing. Oh, get your eyes back on Him tonight. Then I, I thought about this in the text. Watch what he says. He's got the right attitude. He's looking in the right direction. Watch it. He's got the right position. Look at his position. He said, therefore, I will look unto the Lord. And then he said, I will wait for the God of my salvation. Now watch what he's saying. That word salvation means deliverance, meaning that I am waiting on his deliverance. You know your Bible. We, when we look at waiting in the Scripture, we're not talking about sitting there and doing nothing. 
Micah said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do while I'm waiting on God to work. I know that ain't deep, but I'm telling you, Here's what Mike is saying. He's saying, I, I know things are bad. I know you got burdens and you got things you're praying about. What do I do? I pray. I get my eyes on him. And then by the grace of God, on Sunday morning, I go in there and I teach my little Sunday school class. I, I make sure I'm in the right place at the right time where I'm supposed to be. Say, so what are you going to do? I'm just going to keep on waiting on God. I'm just going to keep believing God's going to come by and meet my needs. And listen to me, beloved, if God don't come by and change where you are, and if he don't come by and change change what you're dealing with you can mark it down thank God it won't be long that why you got your eyes on him one day that sweet Jesus is coming back to get us out of this world this world is not my home but until he comes may we keep on preaching until he comes and we keep on singing until he comes and we keep on telling just find your place and keep on waiting on the Lord amen I still get pretty fired up thinking about Jesus coming back don't you I know I got a lot to give an account for and all that. Listen, bless them, bless them, Jehovah's Witnesses' heart. They're going to inherit the earth. They can have it. The Mormons is fussing and fighting about where they're going, where they're going to set up kingdom at in Missouri. They can have it. I know one of these days, thank God, I'm going home with Jesus. I ain't got it all figured out. Some of you fellas are a whole lot deeper in eschatology than I am. I ain't got it all figured out. But one thing I do know, he said one day, thank God to be absent from the body. Has to be present with the Lord. That's the whether by the grave or by the rapture. I'm going to be with Jesus. And it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. So he said he's got the right direction, the right attitude. You got, look at the right promise. Well, this helped me right here. I, I think the Lord let me get into this text just for this, for this, for me. And here's what he said, okay. So here's what I'm resting in. i got to hurry. He said, uh, for the God of my salvation. And then, and, then, and then he, I mean, that's good right there, ain't it? But, but then he said, let me just add something else on there. Of all the promises that he could have mentioned, all he could have said he's faithful. And on down the line, but he stops and he said, I'm going to keep on waiting. i got my eyes on him. And he said, here's one thing I know, that my God will hear me. And if we're not careful, because we sometimes just flippantly throw that term around, pray, you and I, have the, we have the privilege of talking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And here's what's wonderful about that. There's somebody on the other side. Though I can't see, I can feel him. And though I can't see, I can hear him. And here's what he said. And though, say, preacher, what's, that means I know that he, watch what the psalmist said. The psalmist said in, in Psalm 3, verse 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. In Psalm 116, verse number 1, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. Aren't you glad when you pray, you're not praying to a dead God? You're not praying to a done God. You're not praying to a has been, but you're praying to the God of heaven that can do anything that can do everything I'm his child he's my father I have the privilege to pray and you know this sometimes in a chaotic world it's enough to know that he knows <laughs> Woo! hallelujah Lord <laughs> I've been using the, I've been using the GPS to get. I was using it to get up here. I was thinking, Lord, I thought my battery's gonna die. GPS had to stop and say, I don't know where you are. Just keep going, Amen. 
I've depended on that thing. And I was depending on preacher to send me the text and get me to the hotel and all that kind of stuff. It was okay. to. I didn't know where I was. But I had confidence that he did. You ever been somewhere and just bowed your head? Said, God, don't nobody know where I'm at. And don't nobody know what I'm going through. But I sure am glad you know where I'm at. And I'm glad you know what I'm going through. I can't even get the words out. But God, somehow, I, I couldn't pray eloquently. I couldn't pray for a long time. I couldn't pray and quote half the Bible. Oh, but I couldn't get it. Oh, God. Ella couldn't get a help me. Ella couldn't get I got an I need you out. I'm somewhere on the other side. The great God of heaven is willing to push everything aside. And he listens to me when I pray. I don't want to hear. I don't want him to hear him complaining. I don't want to hear him griping. But I want to hear him let him hear my praise. And let him hear my prayer. He is worthy of that. And he answers prayer even in 2023. Now look what he said. Now some things are changing. Now watch what's changing quickly. There's some things that change about him. So now he has been looking at him and I oh, and here's what he said. Brother John he said in verse number 8 not only does he have the right, he has the right promise, but I'm closing, he's got the right persuasion. So here's what he said, okay, I didn't feel this way before when I was just about half done with the whole crowd. Come on now. I didn't feel that way when, you know, I was, I was just, they ain't no hope. And by the way, I know, I know I'm in the right place to say this, so I, I'll be okay. If you feel like you know, it's done and can't nothing good, then please don't tell our young people this because we, we believe that they can still see revival and we're trusting God for it. Somebody help me out right there. We're still believing God for great and mighty things. Amen. Okay? So here's what he's saying. All right? Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. So he's not really conversing with the enemy, but he is giving a report. He said, there's something I want you to know. You're looking at me like I'm some failure, but I want you to know that when I fall... I shall arise. <laughs> he said, I want you to know something about me, enemy. He said, uh, he said, when I'm down, I'm not out. <laughs> he said, I want you to know that I know it's looked bad and I've looked outnumbered. He said, but I'm going to tell you something. I done got my holy place. I done got my heart right, my vision right, my burden right. I'm not going to stay over here defeated. I'm coming out to let you know it might look like I'm down, but thank God God's not done with me. God's not done moving. The church is still here. Thank God. Man of God, you still got a pulpit. A believer, you still got a purpose. You might feel like you've been down, but you're not out yet. Hallelujah. How often have I been distant, cold, and felt like God couldn't use me? Only to find out he never gives up on what he starts. Now, he never gives up on what he starts. And then notice the last thing he says. He said, don't worry about me. He said, when I fall, I shall arise. And notice the next thing. When I sit in darkness, and I'm around all of this darkness, and I'm surrounded by darkness, he said, it's all right because of the Lord shall be a light unto me. <laughs> he said, buddy, I'm looking. It's getting awful dark. Hey, young people, it's getting awful dark. But I want to remind you tonight, there's not enough darkness to put out the light. I think my pastor said it, I think my pastor put it best when he said this. He said, in these days, he said, one of the greatest burdens I feel is to remind the church, the bride of Christ, of the largeness and the bigness of our God. 
That might not be deep, but I am telling you, I wonder what that do in our churches if we got a glimpse of Him. And we often magnify the bigness of our issues and the bigness of the world and the bigness of administrations. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we got back to magnifying the bigness of our God. I could tell, tell me your name again. Lucas. I like old Lucas. Lucas is sharp as a tack, man. I am telling you. Come here, son. Come here. Can you stand for Look at that right there. That right there is sharpness. Okay. Ladies, you stay back now. He's not interested yet. He listened to that message today, and he's made up in his mind. He's being real picky and waiting on God. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? How old are you, Lucas? Nine. Nine. You got a job? Okay. Well, you, I know you are. You know what Lucas needs to hear and needs to see in these last days? And I worry sometimes about what our young people hear and what they see. I wonder what that did. I wonder what that did to the young people's heart when they heard all those adults talking about, we can't go possess Canaan, we can't go over there. We can't. I wonder what that did to them. I wonder what that did to them. But this little boy right here has the privilege to go to a church where there are still some people that believe God is great and that God is mighty. And they've heard about the superheroes and they've heard all the stories and read the comic books and they've watched these and all those things. They need to see a real mom and a real daddy and a real church member make up in their mind that our God is able to sustain his bride. And believe God for greater things. Thank you, Lucas. Preacher, you come on. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question. Is anything, is anything, I know it's, I know it's, is there anything bigger than him to you tonight? You might have looked out around and looked around and got discouraged. But if you'll look up and look at him, you'll get encouraged. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Musicians are coming. Pastor's going to make his way. I, I don't know the direction. I'm going to let him lead the invitation. And, uh, but I want to tell you something tonight, church. Thank you, preacher. While we're standing together, heads are bowed. Night might be a good night to ask the Lord to help you get a fresh, fresh vision of Him. I know we don't know each other, just getting to meet some of you. I don't know what's big in your life. I don't know what's big in your heart. But boy, the devil wins when we try to make God small. The devil wins when we magnify everything and get our eyes. Heard it said recently, anything that gets my eyes off Jesus is an idol. Sure don't want no idols, do you? I know what it's like, preacher friend. I know what it's like to try to preach the largeness of God to our people and be struggling myself where my eyes were. I know what that's like. But you can call on him tonight because he hears you. He hears you. Folks, I'm moving tonight. You mind the Lord. I want to find me a little place somewhere. I want to beg God to help me. I want to beg God to help me to see his bigness again. Quit measuring him up to our society. What a, what a shame and an insult to Almighty God that we would ever measure him. But oh, I want to get my eyes on Jesus. Amen. May God help your heart tonight. Thank you so much.